I just, oh, it went away. One of his uh, things on there said peg leg trinket, and I'm like, I want a peg leg trinket. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I want a peg leg trinket. Uh, How are you? Hi. Welcome to Chronicles of Fiction, guys. Yeah, welcome back, or welcome for the first, first time. time. Or welcome back. It's actually, it'd be good if it's the first time. Ah, yes. Clean slate. Ignore everything thing. else we did. <laughs> mm. Computer's still wanting to update. Uh, so, yeah, welcome back, guys. Uh, world traveler back from New York. Yes. Was amazing. You should, you should tell that one story. About the kid? Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so weird. So, I go, I'm going to cross the street. Well, you know, like, there's people on one side of the street and we're on the other side. A bunch of people waiting on the crosswalk. It goes white to, for us to cross. And this lady's coming across and she's got a kid in a stroller. And by a kid, I mean, like, probably four. It's not a baby. It's probably, like, four years old. Perfectly capable of walking. <laughs> and I go to veer off so I don't, like, run into her. But then she goes to veer off the same way. And I almost trip over the stroller. And she goes, <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to lose another one. <laughs> And I'm just like, have been since then. I have no idea what she meant by that. And I'm a little bit bothered by it, but also it's just funny. That was by far the funniest thing that happened in New York. I'm just, that is great. Yeah, I still to this day, like, I'm probably just going to lose sleep over it. I'm like, what's going on what in your life? What is, that you what need is to happening? Say that? Because, worst case scenario, I would have just tripped over the stroller, like. Yeah. <laughs> Not another one. I, I don't understand what it means. <laughs> but it was great. Mm. Got to see lots of cool stuff. Weather was great, so. Glad to be back. I stayed home. <laughs> it was kind of lame. <laughs> I don't remember most of it. Well, yeah. So. Lame. That probably means it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, it does mean it was very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't get, um... Didn't quite finish Wizard's Air while I was there. Mm. Um, yeah, I forgot you were reading that. Yeah, so um, not quite done with it. I'm very close, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Can't wait to keep reading the other one. Um, I just didn't have quite as much time to read like in the evenings as I thought I would because I was yeah. just too tired, I was ready for bed. That's so, a whole mood. Yeah, and reading makes me sleepy <coughs> anyway, so I would just read like a chapter maybe and then be ready for bed. So That's way better than me. I like looked at a book. Like, as in, like, glanced at it from across the room. I was like, I should read that. <laughs> and then didn't look at it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really good, though. I'm really enjoying it. It's getting getting better and better. Um, you read anything this week? What are you in the middle of? I'm in the middle of... I'm still reading King of Scars, which is really good. But I haven't been in the mood to read. Yeah. Which is a lame excuse, I'm aware. <laughs> but um, I feel that. But I've also been reading the uh, series of unfortunate events, the second book. Oh, good. So I think I'm in. I think I'm halfway through that. Oh, good. Because that's a lot easier to just pick up. And be like, oh, I'll just read a few pages because right. I can do that in like five minutes. Right, and right. If any of you guys haven't read that, you totally should. You series should. of unfortunate of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. It's truly one of those rare ones where the author's writing style is what blows me away. Yes, it's. Because it breaks insane. everything you're taught. Yeah. I, like, I, like, you read it, and if you, like, break it down, it's like, that's a rule you're, like, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to use right. adverbs that much. Right. But he does, and it's brilliant, and uh-huh. it's great. 
Yeah. You're not supposed to tell so much, but he does, and it's great. Yeah. It's his writing style fascinates me. I remember, I don't remember what book it's in, but there's one part where he's explaining something and it goes, it's kind of like how when you read something, but you, you're not really paying attention and you read it through. And then he literally repeats that sentence mm -hmm. like four times. And before you realize that he actually <laughs> did that, you're not just doing that in your head. Like he actually right, did that. Right. He wrote it out. So you would do it. It's great. It's yeah, brilliant. it is. Uh, I absolutely love it. The books, they get better as they go on. There's a, a whole like in-depth mystery there that you don't even realize because it's slowly unfolding before your eyes. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't want to spoil it. Also, though, yeah, no. don't watch the TV show because they do spoil it a little bit like earlier on than the books Because they want to. Yeah. 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 And obviously you have to do things differently. Um, but yeah, I didn't even realize like what all was going on. I thought it was just a whimsical story, but there's actually a plot and Oh, that stuff. makes me want it because I know I have the third one too. So Is that the only one you have? I think I have the fifth one. Third? Do you have the fourth no, one? I don't think I might have the fourth one. Ooh. I don't know. We're gonna be making I'll a trip to Edmund Kane. Edmund Kane! We're going. Because they are <laughs> so good. I love those. I'm glad, I'm glad you're reading this. Yes. It makes me happy. Now that we're six minutes into this, we should probably just mention like what this is. Well, I mean, we said it was. Chronicles of Fiction, but, like, why? Oh, well, so oh, well. We read fan fiction, and that's our thing. Okay, that was easy. We don't know that by now. I don't know why you're here. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I'm pretending that we have a clean slate. Oh, whoops, I forgot about that. <laughs> forgot about the clean slate thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably why we don't have a clean slate ever. Yeah, Like, probably. that's why it's just downhill. Yeah. It's just there. Not really. No. I'm pretty sure people who are listening to this know exactly what they're getting into. I don't think we know what we're getting into. I mean, no, you're not wrong, but the listeners. That is very true. Yes. Um, did you have anything with the contest? Yes. Or did you want so, to wait until after? Yeah, let's do after. Okay. Um, and I'll announce... I'll, well, he already announced winners and stuff in the book, but I'll... Oh, okay. ...say that, and then round two, uh, round, final round details. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So you can do that after. So, guys, we're going to jump back into uh, Sands of Rune. We probably won't go through it like we did last time where we do the whole part. We'll probably just read it uh, for a week or two, and then we'll break off for uh, some yeah. uh, one-shots. One, um, one or two. We'll see how our just lives are going. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely want to finish this. We are on the last part, although I think this is the longer of the three parts. It's very I think long. this one's the longest one. But we'll just take it one or two weeks at a time. But for anyone who is catching up or just now joining in, this is a book written by Garethor Duna Dine. Dine. Gareth, yeah. Duna just Dine. Leave the A out. <laughs> in there. Um, Garethor Duna not Dine. salty at all. AKA Caleb. <laughs> um, what would you say that this book is about? Sand. <laughs> you should see her face. <laughs> She's super nervous that she got put on the spot, even though it's her own boyfriend's book. Yeah, it's about stuff and things. Um, that's a great question. Well, no, okay, so basically it's like one of East and Easterling. Yeah, so anyone who's an Easterling prince who is has been yeah. um, cast out. Yeah, doesn't really want anything doesn't to want do with the throne, mm -mm. like even though he is heir to it. 
doesn't really want anything to do with it. Um, so anyone who watched Lord of the Rings, you know, there's that one scene at the Black Gate where you see like the Easterlings marching. And this book kind of gives you a little bit more background on who they are, why they're fighting for Sauron, yes. that kind of thing. And then this is about one particular guy named Rukil, yeah. um, who has been trained Super to- Super freaking awesome. Yeah, he's been trained to fight his entire <coughs> life. Um, had joined up with the Loke Rim, which was an army for Sauron, and ended up killing one of the general, or he killed like yeah. a general's son or something like that. Yes. Because they were asking him to like kill innocent people, children mm -hmm. and women, and he wouldn't do it. <coughs> so he ended up abandoning the army and ended up uh, staying with the, the elves and Lothlorien, mm -hmm. so Gladriel and Caladoran. What's the other guy's name? Caliborn. Caliborn. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, him. It's <laughs> <laughs> Gladriel's husband. Yeah, and uh, last I remember, they gave him a mission. I forgot what he was doing. Me too. Darn it. Dang it. Something. They are trying to convince him to like go back to his land. Yeah, they're trying to get him to yeah do the thing that I can't put my finger. So I like, claim on. his right to the throne. Yeah, because they're gonna. I'm just gonna stop talking because no. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't know. <laughs> She's like, I don't know. But that's kind of where we're at, I think. Yeah. If you want to know for sure, go listen to the other episodes. The other episodes. But anyways, I guess we'll start on this. So um, we're gonna start in with the prologue, and then we'll probably read the next two chapters depending on how time's going. Am I right? Ten minutes. In? Ten minutes. Okay. So this is part three, the prologue. This is written from Rukil's point of view most of the time. If it ever switches over, I'll let you guys know. Are you sure this is the fastest way? I groaned as I struggled to lead Sir Dahl up the craggy rocks ahead of us. Caladorn shook his head. It's the fastest if you don't want to end up skewered by an orc, he countered, the slightest hint of annoyance in his tone. I rolled my eyes. Elves are stubborn creatures, but I'm sure you know that well enough, I whispered to Sir Dahl as I patted her mane. In response, she whinnied. I heard that, Caladorn's voice echoed through the pass. You hear everything, pointy ears, I grumbled. I heard that too, the elf was <laughs> beginning to annoy me. We had been journeying together for a little more than three days, and already his stubborn and overly commanding demeanor was getting on my nerves. I ignored him and focused on the task at hand. We had a long journey ahead. The Eamon Mill, the rocky land that we were now traveling through, was but the first of many hardships we'd encounter. We'd planned to travel south into Harad, and enlist the aid of any Haradrim who were willing. From there, we'd move northeast into Khand, and hopefully we'd, we, we'd reach Rune within two months. It would be a trying quest, but if we succeed, we'd have a better chance of taking my tribe once and for all. Even still, I was uncertain of whether I even wanted to rule, but I had made my choice, and I would stand by it, even to the end. So yeah, I guess that's what they are doing. <laughs> they are going back to... To his land to take his rightful place on the throne. Yes. Sorry, it takes so glad I'm not royalty, you know? <laughs> and there ain't other responsibilities. It's hard enough being a regular adult. I'm am not I, even a full one. Am I saying that right? Eamon Mule? Eamon Mule? I don't know. E-M-Y-N-M-U-I-A-L. Very first words. I don't know. I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm not familiar. I'm, I'm not familiar. 
sorry. Well, we're gonna go with that. If it's not that. right, then sorry. I'm not very good with. I feel like in a lot of like, especially fan fiction, nobody knows how to pronounce anything. At least this is what I pretend for my own sanity. Is that well? Nobody knows how to pronounce this. Everybody only knows how it's spelled. I hope everyone knows how to pronounce everything, and it's just in your head. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, what's bad is sometimes it'll be in my own stuff. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce. I hope nobody ever asks me to read my own stuff. Because I will have to read it through beforehand and be like, can I actually read this? That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> <clears throat> Chapter 18, the troll escapade. What is that? Escapade? Escapade. That's funny. Escapade. It's spelled exactly like the word escape. That's funny. It's spelled just like the word escape. <laughs> the troll escapade. Cool. Even, even Mule was a dismal place. Aside from our steady footfalls and those of our steeds, it was completely silent. On occasion, a crow would give a lonely call, and once I heard what I thought was a wolf, though it was far off. The silence was uncomfortable. Something felt wrong. Even Calidorn seemed on edge, and neither of us had spoken for a while. I think that we were both afraid to break the silence, lest some new vile evil waylay us from the rocks. Suddenly, we came upon what appeared to be a drop into nothingness. There was no visible bottom to the chasm, though a ghost gray mist hung in the air that would have made it difficult to see the bottom anyway. I picked up a rock and dropped it. One second, two seconds, three seconds. Finally, I heard a crack as it hit the bottom. I turned to Calidorn. I suppose we aren't going that way, I said with a de dejected shrug. The elf put a hand to his temple as if he were calculating something in his head. After a long moment, he spoke. We took the wrong path, unless I'm mistaken and this chasm formed in the past five years. Unlikely. His eyebrow raised slightly and he looked to the east. This path leads south, though. If we can find a way across, then perhaps it will keep us from having to find the right path. Are you sure that's wise? I countered. There could be a dead end around the corner or worse. Though I knew little about Emin Mule, the place seemed evil somehow, and I didn't want to know what sort of creatures made their way made their abode in such a dreary, barren place. Or it could save us a day's walk. It's worth a try, Calidorn insisted. We'd have to leave the horses behind, I said, casting a sullen glance at Sterdal. She made a quiet nicker in response. Not necessarily. The chasm can't be more than a hundred feet deep, and it's most likely not even that. If we can find a way to get the horses down, we can leave them up that incline on the other side, he explained as he pointed to it. <sighs> but if we can't find a way up, we'll have to come back, and that in itself will waste the whole day, I argued. Fine, but we'll have to retrace our steps to find the deadening tree. Even the fact that he assumed that I knew what he was talking about was beginning to frustrate me. Where is that? I asked, exasperation seeping into my voice. I don't know where it is relative to us, but the tree marks the southern passage through here. We should split up. We'll find it faster that way. I suggested it partly because it would indeed be faster, but the larger part of me just wanted a moment of solitude. Calidorn's eyes twinkled slightly. For once, I agree with you. If anything goes ill, shoot an arrow into the sky and use this. He handed me a strange whistle-like object. What is it? I asked, flipping the cylinder cylindrical object in my hands. Swirling patterns adorned the length of it, and on either end, elven letters were engraved in gold. It was strangely elegant for such a simple instrument. It's an elvish pan flute. The sound of its music is said to drive away many dark creatures. I nodded in thanks and put the flute in my pouch. I didn't know it at the time, but that flute would save me many times. 
We both went down different paths, and involuntarily a shiver went down my spine. Something about this place was evil. It had now been over an hour since Caledorn and I had separated. As the passages and crags of the Imran Mill grew dark with the oncoming night, I began to question our decision. If one of us found the tree, how would we even let the other know? I suppose that I'd shoot a flaming arrow into the air, but the chances of the elf seeing it from such a distance was unlikely. I was torn from my thoughts by the sound of pebbles falling. My gaze shifted back and forth trying to see where it came from. I suddenly had the feeling that I wasn't alone. But I didn't see anything. If there was something else nearby, it was being quiet. I pulled out my bow and fit an arrow to the string. It felt natural in my hands. Back home, bows were frowned upon and considered a coward's tool. But I had practiced archery quite often in Lothlorien, and it was now one of my best skills. I had been given a short bow made by the elven fletchers there, and it was a bow, and it was this bow that I held now. After several minutes of silence, I advanced forward slowly, keeping to the shadows. I felt as though I was being watched, hunted. Suddenly, and without warning, I felt strong arms push me forward into the brittle ground beneath me. The bow fell from my hands and landed a few feet from me just out of reach. I reached for my dagger and at the same time rolled around coming face to face with what appeared to be a troll or an orc. It was very large for an orc but rather small for a troll. Its face was characteristic of a troll but it had the long pointed ears of an orc. At the moment though I didn't really care what it was. It was clearly trying to kill me. I quickly slashed with my dagger eliciting a howl of pain from the creature as the blade made contact with its stomach. As it staggered back, I leapt forward and knocked it to the ground, burying my weapon into its neck. To my surprise, the creature reached up and pulled the knife from its neck, growling and baring its rotten teeth. Barring its rotten teeth. My mouth went slack in surprise, and I drew my sword, swinging quickly at the creature. My blade connected with its neck, but at the same time, an arrow embedded itself into its head. I completed the slice, severing the head and sending it falling to the ground. I immediately dove behind a rock, unsure of who the archer unsure of who the archer who attempted to fall the creature was. Rokil, it's me. I looked out from behind the rock to see Caladorn leap from a nearby cliff ledge. Half trolls, he said disgustedly, prodding the dead creature with the tip of his bow. I saw two more in the gorges to our south. I don't need to I didn't need to ask what a half troll was. Half orc and half troll. They were rippling bulk of muscle and scaly green flesh that were frequently sent to fight in the runes arenas. I had never seen one myself, but I had heard stories, and the troll man I had fought in the pit was similar, though this half-troll was smaller than normal, possibly from malnourishment. I looked it over before meeting Caledorn's gaze. Did you find the tree? Caledorn raised an eyebrow. What kind of tracker do you think I am? Of course I did. But those half-trolls kept me from following the path further. I came to find you, for I believe that together we can take them on. They aren't as weak as this one was. He prodded the dead half-troll again. Will this flute help? I pulled the instrument from my supply bag, hopefully. He shook his head. No, half-trolls are intelligent enough to determine that such an instrument alone poses no threat to them. Magic is only strong enough to sway feeble-minded beasts. Oh, I said, and returned the flute to my bag. I suppose our blades will have to be enough. No, we won't need them with any luck. I saw a pile of rocks on my way back that may be able to be moved. All we need is a distraction. At this, his mouth turned up into what could almost be considered a smirk, which is why I need your help. Oh, of course, I have to be the distraction, I rolled my eyes. What if the rocks don't budge, hmm? Have you thought of that? Yes, I have. If they don't move, run. But, 
It was too late. The elf had already turned around and was heading back the way he had come. Urgh. Elves, I mumbled under my breath as I reluctantly followed Caladorn up the ledge. That's a mood. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was now sitting cross-legged in the middle of the gorge waiting for Caladorn's signal. The trolls were just around the corner, and as soon as they rounded it, they'd hopefully be buried under a rain of heavy stones. Caladorn raised his hand and nodded, and I pulled out my flute. Though I didn't usually have a flair for the dramatic, I figured the flute would be more convincing than faked shouts of distress. As soon as I put the instrument to my lips, I realized one thing. I had never played a flute in my life. Well, there's a first for everything, I thought with a shrug. I began to hesitantly play what sounded vaguely like a drinking song I had heard at a tavern many years ago. I was still unfamiliar with the flute, however, and it sounded creepily off-key and lilting as it echoed off the empty stones around me. In answer, I heard a rough voice speak out down the path. Uh, what's that noise? Sounds something like an instrumenty to me, a rather daft-sounding but still deep voice replied. Shut your trap, or whatever it is, I'll hear ya. I heard a thump followed by a stifled howl of pain. I continued playing until a moment later I saw the vile head of a half-troll peep around the corner of a rock. After looking at me for a moment, the entire troll emerged. What I tell ya, Erg? It's food, alright? At this, another smaller troll appeared behind the first one. I assumed this one, that this one was named Erg. I cheerfully waved at them both. Hello, mates. Fancy seeing other folk in a place like this, I said, as nonchalantly as possible. My demeanor seemed to confuse the larger half-troll. Er, why are you just playing your instrumenty in the middle of nowhere? He scratched his head. <laughs> Merely passing the time, my good troll, I said. What brings you here? The smaller troll grimaced in a sad attempt at a smile. We're just here looking for men folk to eat, but all we found is you. The other troll punched him in the gut. Erg's right, but we aren't you but why aren't you scared of us? Most men folk run at the sight of us. I was beginning to enjoy myself. Right? Why run? You both seem like excellent fellows. The bicker troll got a devious look on his face, and it was clear he thought they had fooled me. Right, well we are. You siree, we're excellent fellows that we are, aren't we? He elbowed Erg in the gut, causing the smaller troll to squeal and let out a subdued Yes siree. Well, I've got some lovely elven bread here. There's plenty to share. I pulled the bread from my bag and waved it in the air tantalizingly. I knew trolls didn't like anything except meat, but I wanted to see their response. The bigger troll's face contorted in disgust, but he quickly tried to hide it, unsuccessfully. Oi, me and my lad here love elven bread, don't we? Another elbow followed by another squeal of agreement. Here, come get it. Sit with me. I patted a spot on the ground next to me, barely concealing my amusement. Both trolls quickly moved forward, most likely planning to grab me and eat me, but hiding their true intentions with what they thought were good poker faces. But I'm a little bit attached to them now. I know. <laughs> I kind of like them. I kind of like them. Both trolls moved forward, oh, uh, but hiding their true intentions with what they thought were good poker faces. Boom. A giant rock fell from the left ledge right on top of the larger troll. The smaller one recoiled in fear, only to be buried under an avalanche of boulders. Slow Aww. clapping echoed through the ravine. You should consider a career in acting, Rukil. That was a performance for the ages. Caledorn let down and walked over to me with the flourish of his cloak, barely hiding a smile. I think I did pretty well, considering those two look like they love nothing more to than, than to chop me up and throw me in a stew the whole time. I'm sure they would have if they had gotten a chance. 
Calidorn's mirthful expression faded away. The path is clear now. It should take us little more than a couple hours to reach the southern reaches of this place. Good riddance, I said, looking at the rocky walls of the Inman Mule with, with distaste as I followed Calidorn down the path. Yeah, that one was a fun chapter. It was a fun chapter? Yeah. <laughs> that was a little sad, though. <laughs> nah. That was fun. I liked them. Yeah, they were They were funny. Cool. They were cute. Yeah, they were cool. That was fun. The only thing that I could say is I miss Calidorn being Fox. Just switch it out in your mind. We'll just call him Fox. <laughs> well, I liked the mystery of it. Yeah, because now the mystery's gone. Yeah, and I almost wish that we could have kept him as a mystery. Yeah. Some sort of mystery. I think there's going to be a little, I think there's a little more, because I think you learn a little more about him, but mm. you're not really sure yeah. what. Yeah. But I don't remember exactly. That's the only thing. As I'm sitting here reading this, like, I, I liked him better as Fox, I think. I just, like, didn't know yeah, what, didn't he know was, what he was, who he was, who he was. You know. I don't know. It's just me. Ah, oh. Where are we at on time? 25 minutes. Okay. Chapter 19, Meeting Friends on the Road. We eventually found our way out of the mess that was Eamon Mule and continued south. The land we entered after that had been swampy, smelling, and altogether unpleasant. Caledoran called it Nindalf and seemed to be familiar with its paths and, paths and secrets. He sure-footedly led me through the quicksand, caves, and something that I don't know how to pronounce that he said were home <laughs> to all manner of foul creatures. <laughs> But thanks to his knowledge of the reason, we passed through without incident. It wasn't until we reached the forest that hugged the mountains of shadow that we were that we encountered trouble. It had been two days since our exit from Eamon Mill, and we were running low on supplies. We had both determined that hunting food as we traveled would be the best course of action, as we had to be stealthy anyway due to the increasing increasing danger along the road. So we were a short distance apart, both quietly searching the terrain for any sign of prey. I was the first to find success, and my elvish bow was quick to bring down, a, bring down my prize, a small rabbit. As soon as I shot it, I heard a strange bird call, one that I was unfamiliar with. Caledorn, do you recognize that? I asked him as he quickly made his way over to me. Shh, it's not a bird, he replied quietly, crouching down and scanning the trees nearby. It was a signal of some sort. No bird makes such a sound. Nor would an orc be capable of such, I whispered. Hyrodrim have been traveling along the road of late. It could be them, or it's merely some hunters. Either way, we should proceed with caution. Right, I said, and drew my dagger. Caledorn fit an arrow to his bowstring and moved ahead through the underbrush, as quiet as could be. A moment later, he lifted his hand up, a clear signal to stop. I followed his gaze to a thicket ahead and saw the object of his concern. A red-clad man crouched there, wielding a spear. He was watching the road intently, ignoring all outs around him. He seemed unaware of our presence, even though we were only a few yards away. You were right. It must have been one of his people, I whispered. He's definitely not alone, as well equipped as he is. The man had a breastplate made of carved bone, iron arm guards, and an armored headscarf. I knew that only Hyrodrim warriors or slavers wore that much armor, and even then, they preferred mobility to being so encumbered. There are at least two others in the bushes on the other side of the road. They must be trying to waylay someone. I took the elf's word for it. I couldn't see the other two, but Caledorn had uncanny vision. As if on cue, a small company of green-clad men appeared around the curve of the road, laughing and talking amongst each other. The hard drum ahead of us tensed, and I could see his grip tighten on his spear. Those aren't Gondorians. We can't let the Hadrim ambush them, Caledorn said insistently. 
You're right, but I'd prefer that we do this without bloodshed on either side. And how exactly do you propose we do that? Calidoran raised an eyebrow skeptically. I have a plan. Just do as I say. To my surprise, Calidoran didn't argue. He nodded slightly and waited for me to lay out my plan. Okay, now we're going to switch over to third person Faramir's point of view. Yes! <laughs> I love him. I can't help it. Right? The rangers had just finished their rounds for the day, scouting the road north and south and observing the enemy's movements. But today was no ordinary day, for one of Faramir's men was to be married. Such an occasion was rare among them, but when it did happen, there was much joy and celebration. Faramir had even purchased several barrels of mead for the event. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's missing important. It's like inserting ads and then takes them away. Okay. Oh, joy. The sun beat down upon him, and he was daydreaming about how nice a glass of mead would feel on his parched lips. He was broken from his musings by the quiet voice of the man who was to be married. Marine. Captain, don't you think we should exercise more caution? The road may not be safe. Faramir shook his head and smiled. Unless our scouts have grown unusually lazy, the road is safe. You should be concerned about what your wife-to-be will think of that scraggly beard, not the road. Today is a day to rejoice. Aww. Hey, you're right, sir. It'll be a fine wedding. Erwin will be happy here, I'm sure. He's gonna die. <laughs> and I just know it! He's gonna die! I mean, it is Erwin. Of course she will. You're a good man. I wonder if it's Marin or Marine. No idea. Wait, what was the other option? Marin or Marine? There's only one E though. M-E-R-E-N. I don't know. I'm going to say Ma Marin. Marin. That sounds I'm going to say right. Mirren. We're going to go in between. Mirren. We're going to go in between. Okay. Roll with it. <laughs> You're a good man, Mirren. She knows that. Faramir stopped abruptly, looking ahead in surprise. In the road, a strangely dressed man holding a knife to the throat of a hairdrum warrior. Hail, friends. How far are you? The stranger called out. He was dressed in black with red sash and golden scaled armor. His face was covered by a midnight blue scarf. <sighs> Faramir thought he recognized the armor as runic, but the wearer of the armor held an elvish bow strapped to his back. Why do you block the road? Faramir replied dryly. The man looked like a uh, something or a robber, and Faramir had no tolerance for such low life. Merely to warn you about the ambush ahead, good sir. Faramir stroked his beard thoughtfully. Was this man telling the truth, or did he have some devious plan? Mirren, tell the man to be ready to fight, he whispered to the other ranger. He then raised his voice to address the stranger. Why would you warn us? he asked. Just as the stranger seemed ready to reply, a burly Herodrim warrior leapt from the underbrush, followed by at least a dozen others. Rokil, is that you? the large man asked, facing the stranger. Hadar. Hadar. Hadar, the stranger replied in a joyful voice. The two approached each other and embraced, while the other Herodrim warriors tensely watched the rangers. What's the meaning of this? Faramir asked. The stranger turned to face him. My name is Rukil. I come from Rune, but I am your ally. I find that hard to believe. Faramir eyed the Herodrim soldiers suspiciously. It's true, an elegant voice said from behind. Faramir spun around to see a tall, dark-clad warrior standing in the trees beside the road. He recognized the voice as well as the piercing green eyes that seemed to almost glow. I know you, he said. He had heard that voice before when he was a child, but now he couldn't put a name to it. I am surprised you remember. I am Calidorn. I once gave counsel to your father on a matter of importance. Ah, uh, yes, I know now. 
Why are you in the company of these servants of Sauron? I am not in the company of the Herodrim, only the Easterling. At this, Caledron glanced over at Rokil and Hadar, who were both talking animatedly with smiles on their faces. Though it seems as if the Herodrim aren't enemies either, at least for now. Be at ease, Captain. Faramir forced himself to relax slightly, though the strangeness of the entire situation wasn't lost on him. What strange alliance binds Elf and Easterling, if I may ask? One that must not be spoken of in such a place as this. Sauron's spies are everywhere, and even now we may have tarried too long. <laughs> Faramir gave the elf a curious look. We can discuss your quest at my camp, but the Herodrim cannot come with you. Calvador nodded. I do not know what sort of agreement my friend and their leader has reached, if any. I'll discuss it with him. The elf abruptly walked away, leaving Faramir to ponder the situation. It was turning into an even more unusual day than he had expected. Okay, now it's going to switch back over to Raquel's point of view. How did you survive? Hadar asked as he clapped me on the back. I heard that Connor sent assassins to hunt you down after you deserted. That he did, I said with a grin, but my new friends kept them from getting too close. I motioned to Caladorn, who was busy talking to the Gondorian captain. Hadar laughed. You always seem to attract strange company, my friend, but elves top the list by far. What did you do to earn their trust? Nothing at all. Their leader knew everything about me and extended protection to me. I learned much why I sheltered with the elves. Things aren't as they seem, Hadar, I said, lowering my voice slightly. I gathered that much. Things changed after you left. More orcs showed up, and all the mercenaries like myself were disbanded from the army. Something about the whole affair seemed dark to me. Connor was planning a rebellion, I know that, but he had no love for Sauron when I last spoke with him. It seems odd that he'd replace men with orcs. Hadar shook his head. I managed to catch wind of some rumors before I left. Connor made some sort of deal with Mordor for the sound, from the sound of things. The stories differed from person to person, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting manpower from Mordor to aid in his little coup in exchange for something Sauron wants. I thought over his words. It made sense, although the whole thing was rather complex for me to understand completely. I was unused to the intrigues that commonly occurred in Rune's upper... Achilleans? Echelons? I, I don't know that word. We're just going to skip. I don't know that word. So that means that the Loke... Look, that, that the Loke Khan is a completely loyal to Sauron. Interesting, I remembered. I looked over as Caladorn approached. Captain Faramir said he'll grant us shelter, but your friend and his men can't come along. At this, he looked darkly at Hadar, <sighs> Sorry. who nodded in understanding. That makes sense. We were planning on ambushing them after all, he said with a mirthless laugh. Wait, I said and walked over to Faramir. As I got closer, I immediately recognized him from the battle at Karasirin, though I wasn't sure he recognized me. He looked up from sharpening his sword as I approached. Will you accept my invitation? he asked. On one condition, I replied firmly. And what would that be? I pointed to Hadar. He can come too. Not his men, just him. Faramir seemed to be deep in thought for a moment, before slowly nodding. Very well, but if he causes any trouble at all, it's on you. He stood up. Men, we're moving out. Treat our guests with kindness, as if they were our own. His men glanced at me and my companions doubtfully, but nodded regardless. Hadar, you're with us, I called out to him. He ran over to me. What of my men? He asked. They still have to stay behind. He barely agreed to letting you come as it was. He nodded. Umar, take them into the cove. I'll arrive in a couple days at most. The officer named Umar nodded and shouted the orders to his men. They disappeared into the underbrush as quickly as they had first appeared 
and we began the march to the camp of Faramir, captain of Gondor. So yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I wonder how Hadar's men felt about that. Like they they had to be they a little like, upset. Yeah. Like why are you going to break bed with the enemy and leave us behind? Right. But interesting. Coming <laughs> off one shot. <laughs> yeah. Right. <clears throat> I want to hint, hint, just a one shot. I love it. It would be great. But that was good. That was good. I like that these characters keep popping up. Yeah. And it's natural, too. Yeah. Hadar and Faramir. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely curious to see what this meeting is all about. That yes. they do. I'm glad to be back to this. Yeah, me too. I missed it. Yeah. I did. Like, I, I love the one shots, too. Yeah. But I did. I missed the story. I missed mm-hmm. the characters. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. Well, I guess that's it for for story for story um, story time. So for contest round two was wrapped up. I think it's round two. Yeah, round two. Um, Iliandir won best story for that one, um, and it was great. Um, it's called Brightest Dream. It was like um, it's kind of a romance. Which it was really good. Yeah. Like, I'm really picky when it comes to romance. But yeah. that one was really good. And then Kingly Moss's won Best Cover. Um, it's a really, it was a really cool cover. Yeah, it was. It was, like, really cool. Yeah. And that story was really good, too. Um, even though it didn't place, it was still definitely worth reading. Worth, worth reading. Yeah. I'm saying that right, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Okay. <laughs> um... Because it had to do with, like, sirens and Smaug's bones yeah. and all of that. It was super cool. I love cool. it. Very good um, imagery. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm thinking when this con- when the contest is over, because, like, we'll read the winner. But yeah. Then we'll, have a, um, we'll have quite a few one-shots so we can just read. Yeah. That like, I'm super happy because about. Because there are so many good ones. Yeah. Yeah, so now we're now we're to the final round. I cannot wait because then we'll have, we'll be able to. So the deadline is May tenth for the final so round. So okay. probably sometime that week. Yeah. Because I'm leaving the week after that. But, um, okay. Yeah. When we record that week, yeah. we'll probably do the winner. Nice. Because that'll be fun. Because yeah. now since it's down to like the last four or five people, but it's like the best of the best. Right. That's there. And right. it, when it started, it was a bunch of good. Right. Writers, and so now it's like the best of the best of the best. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Well, sweet. So round three, final yeah, round. Yeah, final round. Is open till May 10th, you said? Yep. Okay. All right, then. Yep. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add to that? Um, I don't think so. We talked about the idea of possibly... Um, us doing a contest. Yes, we did. But we saw some logistics to work on that out on yeah. that. But if you guys so have any ideas, be, yes, please send us a message on Wattpad. Um, yep. If you have any ideas that would be cool in regards to like the podcast or our Wattpad page. Yeah, any anything like that, we'd love to hear from y'all. Like, what do y'all what do y'all want to listen to? What draws you in? Yeah. Um. Because we're pretty much down for trying whatever. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we just enjoy doing it, so. Yeah, exactly. We um, just enjoy the stories and. Yeah. Seeing how 
different people write things. Yeah. You know. Because um, these two chapters actually reminded me a lot of Younger Prince. Really? Yeah. I That's thought that was cool. very interesting. Yeah. It, the style just of writing and just like... Uh, yeah, just kind of the style of writing and the way the characters were kind of interacting. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Younger Prince. Aww. Yeah. That makes me kind of happy. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, it did. That's cool. Well, all right, then. Um, next week, we'll probably jump in for chapters 20 and 21, um, and then we'll yep. switch to a one-shot, maybe. Um, yeah. But otherwise, let, let us know what you guys think. Please. Yeah. Um, Wattpad, Chronicles of Fiction, no spaces, no underscores. Yeah. Instagram, Chronicles of Fiction, but there's underscores. Yeah, in between the, in in between um, the words. In between the words. Um, yeah, so I guess that's... Thoughts, questions, concerns, concerns, send them there. Send them there. Except for concerns, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't take those here. We don't, take those. we don't do critiques. We don't do critiques. I'm just kidding, we do, please do. We do, just <laughs> be gentle on my fragile ego. Uh, it's not fragile. It's not fragile at all. It's not fragile Somebody at cut all. me down the side. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Huh? Okay. All right then. I just I gotta pee really bad. So I'm like, let's just wrap. All this right, up. we're wrapping it up, guys. <laughs> Till next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.